I mean, we both of us feel bad for the other one because I feel terrible that he had to keep all of this inside for all these years. And he feels bad that he put me through all those years. of. <laughs> Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 116. We're Finn and Emma, and today we are talking with Denise. Well, and Mark, but Mark's not here. So just Denise and their story from her point of view. Yeah, and she has permission to share this and consent from Mark. And it's a super powerful story. And we're really grateful that she came on to talk about it and that they were both willing to share the story. And just a brief look at that story is that after 30 years of marriage, uh, Mark came out to her as gay and admitted that he had been gay their entire marriage. And it has been you know, a really huge adjustment. But as you'll see, also a sigh of relief on mm-hmm. her behalf. And it's, they've decided to stay married at the t- for the time being. Yeah. And it's, again, it's an incredible story. And we hope that it finds somebody out there who is in need of it right now. And, and we know that it will. And again, thank you to Denise and Mark for sharing. And we hope you enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. A few quick announcements, though. Uh, First up is our next Patreon Q&A call is actually tonight, Wednesday, March 25th at 9 p.m. Eastern and 9 p.m. Pacific. We do these once a month, and we're actually trying to uh, do some other events, too, social distancing Virtual events. (laughs) We we can't do our in-person events, so we're we're trying to build off of the momentum of the MeWe group and the Patreon people, too do some other things. We did one last week. We had a virtual game night that had, I don't know, 10 or 15 people on it. Yeah. So if you want to find out more about that, go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com and join our Patreon page. All the links are there. Also on our website, you can find a resources page. We have discounts for STD testing, as well as condoms and lots of other goodies. Yeah, and again, you can find them at our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, or down in the little uh, show notes of your podcast player. There's links to all of these things, and you can go check them out. Yeah. So thank you for doing that, and thank you for your support. Thank you for listening to our show. And also on our website, reach out to us. We love to hear from our listeners. You can leave us a voicemail or write us an email. And we respond to all of them. Every, every single time. So if you don't hear from us, it means your email was incorrect and, yes. and we couldn't respond to you. So. And that does happen sometimes. So <laughs> follow up if you don't hear back. Again, we look forward to hearing from you and enjoy this episode with Denise and Mark. Let's go. Welcome, Denise. To good the morning. Sh- yeah, good morning. Right. It's bright and early on our side of the country. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's wonderful to meet you and chat a little bit. We're excited to have you on. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Is for for the listeners and for us, do you mind just giving a little bit of background? I know the episode name is Denise and Mark, and Mark is obviously a super integral part of the story, but he wasn't able to join us today because he's he's working. But 
uh, he has given his consent for this Correct. discussion to happen. And so we're excited to hear about it. But yeah, maybe a little background on who Denise and Mark are. Okay. Um, I'm Denise. I'm 52 years old. And Mark and I have been married for 32 years. We have four kids and they're all grown and we have four grandkids. You know, we were happily married for probably the first 15 to 20 years. And then, you know, things just kind of slowed down and we were taking care of kids and getting them through high school and stuff. And things between the two of us just kind of started getting difficult, more difficult and, you know, but um, <clears throat> we'll get into that later. <laughs> well, congratulations on 32 years of yeah. marriage. And I know we, we know a few things that the listeners don't. So we will, <laughs> we, won't, we, won't, we won't say anything more about that. But I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're willing to maybe share a little bit about what has transpired over the last, I guess, 15 or so years of that. Yeah. that <laughs> well, okay. Well, the short version is that about two years ago, my husband came out to me and told me that he's gay. And so there's a, a bit of a longer story that goes behind it, but basically that's what has happened. And since that time, uh, uh, I had never saw anything outside of our marriage, but, um, you know, the last 10 or 15 years have been just difficult. You know, we felt ourselves growing apart and uh, we weren't communicating as well as we had been before. And it was it was hard on me because he never wanted to have sex. And I felt unattractive and, you know, he just wasn't attracted to me anymore. And I couldn't understand why, what was going on. And then. uh He's he started working overseas and um, about two years ago while he was home on a vacation sort of for him. Well, it was like Thanksgiving or something. He had come home. He uh, told me that that he's he's gay. He's always been gay. He married me in order to um, try to pretend that he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And. Um, it was, it, uh, I don't want to say that it was hard to accept that because actually when he told me that it like, it was a relief because everything that I had been thinking before then was that there was something wrong with me. You know, he wasn't attracted to me or he didn't, um, you know, he didn't like me anymore or whatever. So when he told me that I was just and like, things just kind of clicked in my head and okay, now this makes sense. You know, now I can understand why all everything had been happening. And until b- before that, I had never looked for sex or anything outside of our marriage, even though we hadn't had sex in like 10 years with each other. I wasn't, I mean, both of us were raised, we're we're from the South and we're both from extremely conservative families and both of our sets of parents are, well, his, his parents are both dead, but, um, they, no divorce or anything in, in 
our parents, with our parents. So that was the models that we saw. And that was monogamy was what was being modeled for us. And so that was the only way that we knew that was all we knew. Right. And you fell into that default. Exactly. We, we did. And, um, or I did. So even though there was no sex happening in our marriage, it never occurred to me to look for it outside. Right. Because I just assumed, well, this is just how things are now. (laughs) Yeah. Right. You just like, you go without because that's the way it is. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, not an easy story to tell, but it's, it is, like you said, you know, a relief when you realize, obviously, it's hard to hear, right, that, that this almost it was it was a lie, right? For 30 years, for 30 years. Exactly. But at the same time, like you said, like, everything probably just made sense. Yeah. So yeah, I could see how that would be really difficult, but also really relieving at Mm -hmm. the same time. Yeah, absolutely. It was just like this in my brain, this kind of shift took place. And all of a sudden, like just in an instant, I was not angry at him anymore. I wasn't, I wasn't upset with how he had been, you know, treating me. Suddenly I just realized, I just understood what was going on. And I felt horrible that he had to hide this from me. Yeah. That he wasn't comfortable coming clean about it exactly that he felt like he needed to hide it even from me and I've always been extremely open-minded and much more open-minded than he had presented himself to be you know and so he was always the one who would uh make jokes about homosexuals and things like that and I was always the one who was more accepting and telling him you know you can't you, you can't make fun of people. You can't make jokes about stuff like that because it's people have a hard time dealing with that, you know. And so uh, when I finally asked him why he decided to come come out to me now, he told me that over all of the years that we've been married, my openness about uh, homosexuality has helped him to come to be able to deal with it and come to terms with his own homosexuality. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like as so many people do, he had a a ton of shame around all of it. It took him years and years to, to work through that. Right. And sounds like that was his own personal journey as much as you would have loved for him to share that with you too earlier. Right. Absolutely. But he had to deal with it himself before he could invite me in. Right. Well, I mean, it's amazing, though, that you were able to create that environment and that, you know, I guess, unfortunately, it took 30 years, but (laughs) that it did get there. And I guess, you know, one one thing that maybe people picked up on that that we'd love you to talk about is this happened two years ago and anybody paying attention at the beginning heard that you've been married 32 years. So you you are not divorced and you're not planning to get divorced as far as, yeah, we're not. Um, we, we talked about it at one point. Um, where, where do we go from here? You know, after I had dealt with all of the feelings that came from him telling me about it and everything. And then we went on a vacation somewhere together and, um, 
you know, we just talked about it. Like, what do we do now? Where do we go from here? And I think what we came up with was neither one of us is looking to start a new relationship or, you know, neither one of us is have has any kind of serious relationship going on outside of our marriage. If that ever happens, then we'll revisit. Right. Yeah. You know, that but yeah. that's that's been it. Yeah. yeah, you still enjoy each other's company and are, are happy in that compassion or companionate marriage. Right. We're 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 best friends or we ha- always had been until probably the past 10 years. And since this has come out, we've gotten a lot closer again. So we're able to talk to each other more. And we have kids, we have grandkids and and I don't work. He supports me. So <laughs> there's the financial aspect, you know, but, uh, yeah, just, we enjoy each other. We still like taking trips together and traveling together and stuff. So neither one of us really wanted to leave the marriage We're because he works overseas and I'm here in the States. We we're, it's kind of like we're separated, but not really. I mean, you know, we're still married. And uh, we still love each other. Right. It's been a long time. You know, 32 years is a long time. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you don't, you don't just stop loving somebody because of something like that. I mean, obviously, right. Again, it's not easy, but you, like you said, he's your best friend. And right. Yeah. Well, I think maybe then what, what has developed since that two year mark ago, or roughly, you know, when he came out, in terms of the two of you being able to start exploring other things outside of the marriage, right? I, you know, is, has he been exploring, you know, things while he's overseas and have you, now that you kind of realized that it wasn't you, you weren't, you know, the problem. <laughs> or has, broken. Has, yeah. Or broken. Has, right. that, has that opened things up for you as well? It definitely has. And I mean, you know, I found out, that he already had been exploring things outside of the marriage, you know? <laughs> and I think he, uh, I, I don't want to speak for him, but I think he was starting to feel a little guilty about doing that and, and me not knowing about it. Yeah. And I, that was probably part of the reason that he um, decided to come out to me. But yeah, once we had talked about it and, you know, came to terms with, what it meant for us and where we were going to be going uh, from that point, then I was just, well, this means that (laughs) this means that I get to have sex with other people then because I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be married to somebody who definitely is never going to want to have sex again. Yeah. You already went that 10 years, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Cause I really like sex. So, um, yeah, so I just downloaded a couple of dating apps and just kind of started looking. And like I said, my self-esteem had been really low before that because of the 10 years that, you know, he did not want to. You know, he wasn't attracted to me. He didn't show any interest or anything. So in my brain, I was old, fat, and ugly. Mm-hmm. You know, so it took a lot for me to um, put myself out in the dating apps because 
I talked to him about it after, you know, uh, before I started doing it. And he was like, you know, he said, uh, you're not though. You're not old. You're not fat. You're not ugly. He said, you need to, you need to find somebody who can help you, who can help you fulfill your needs because I know that I can't. And he felt really bad that, that he put me through the 10 years of, of just un, un, not knowing what was going on, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And even now, right. With him saying that it's hard to believe it. Right. Because right. it's, it's so ingrained in what you feel. And I think this is something that I think even, you know, couples who are, you know, heterosexual or attracted to their partner in some, you know, sexual capacity, you, after time, you stop, you almost stop believing them, right? You're like, oh, yeah. well, you have to say I'm attractive, You're, yeah. you know? And so seeking, sometimes seeking that validation outside of your, your primary partner is, is very helpful for yeah. your self-esteem. And exactly. I, I can see in, in your situation where it would be even more so. Right. Yeah, yeah. It has helped. I mean, it's, I'm, it's been two years now and I'm just starting to get comfortable with the way my body looks and, and realize that, you know, there are people who appreciate it. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you know, I'm not thin. I don't, and I've had four kids, so I've got, you know, fat rolls and and so I was always real self conscious about that, but now <laughs> you know, I've I've come to realize that there are people who who appreciate that about me and who, who actually even like it. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So how <laughs> has how has the dating gone? It sounds like you have gotten a little bit of your self esteem back, which is amazing. Yeah, definitely. And um it's more it's- gone pretty well i haven't really been dating a lot it's mostly just hookups i mean (laughs) yeah there's nothing wrong with that (laughs) because to start with i just wanted to have sex i mean it had been 10 years i just wanted to have sex so so that's how i started doing it and i got comfortable doing that you know and i have somebody I'm supposed to go meet (laughs) sometime later this afternoon. So, um, there, you know, there have been some, I guess you could call them friends with benefits. Just kind of, we weren't really friends though. Maybe they were just more fuck buddies because we just, you know, we get in touch with each other whenever we have time or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, but, um, I I like that because when when it's just a hookup, <laughs> you have to try to figure out what the other person likes or what they're going to do that you like. And you have to do all of that upon meeting them for the first time, you know. And But when it's somebody that you've been with a couple of times before, then you kind of know what they like. They know what you like and things are a little bit easier. So, But not really dating. Haven't really right. been dating, so yeah, that's super exciting. And I mean, <laughs> it, I'm I'm curious how has the relationship between you and Mark shifted now that right now you know openly that he's been exploring with other people, right? And he now knows you're exploring with other people. 
how have the two of you been able to navigate that? Because, you know, in, in a, in a lot of relationships, that's difficult when you like, you know, for Emma and I, we're, we're primary partners who are mostly heterosexual. So there's sometimes, you know, in those types of dynamics, you can say like, well, you're supposed to be attracted to me, but now you're attracted to that person. And there can be that conflict, but for the two of you, it's a, it's a little bit of a different, different story about how that you know yeah, came to be uh, because I can't expect him to be attracted to me anymore because I know that he's just not, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not because of me personally, he's just not attracted to women. Right. right. Which I am, you know, <laughs> yeah, you can't change that very easily. Exactly. If, you, if you don't, I mean, you can, but you don't, if you don't want to, right. that's who you are. Right. right. Exactly. No, it's been, like I said, when he, it's like when he told me there was just this sudden shift in, in, in my thinking, you know? And so all of a sudden I'm just, I'm fine with it where, you know, five years ago I would have been upset and jealous finding out that he's, um, seeing other people or, you know, having hookups or whatever. But knowing that, it's not because of anything that I've done and um, nothing has really gone wrong between the two of us has helped me, you know, to, to, ah, what am I trying to say? I enjoy knowing that he's seeing other people. I like knowing that he's out there and, um, you know, having his needs met just as much as I am. And, Enjoying life a little bit. Yeah, uh, and definitely enjoying life. And uh, as far as I know, he feels the same way because, you know, uh, we don't talk about every single person that we, that we're with, with each other. Um, but occasionally, <laughs> you know, I'll send him a text with a picture of somebody and say, look what I just did or, <laughs> 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 you know, and then he'll do the same thing. And it's always really supportive, you know, oh, I'm so glad or, you know, he looks so hot or, you know, stuff like that. So a lot of times he'll send me a picture of somebody and my response to him is, um, I would do him. (laughs) (laughs) Is he bisexual? Yeah, I was going to say, is he into women? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's what I ask him. Is he bi? Is that something actually you guys have ever talked about in the last couple of years is would you consider doing, having a threesome or anything, any sort of group players? Do you prefer to have it separate? We haven't really talked about it. I would not be opposed to it because... Um, that's something else that I've discovered over the last couple of years that I'm kind of into the bisexual guys and would really like having two, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, but um, he and I haven't really talked about it because like I said, he's working overseas. So there's not a lot of time for us to uh, do things together. When he does come home to visit, then we're pretty much busy constantly with just visiting family and uh, visiting with the kids and, and, uh, you know, uh, family time. Right. 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 Yeah. That makes sense. Well, but now he knows he heard it here on the podcast that you should, (laughs) you should should get a trip to Europe. Uh He knows. (laughs) 
to spend some time with him and, and one of his friends who's bisexual. I know. But I, I think we've talked about homosexuality versus bisexuality. And I think I'm, I mean, I don't have any preference over the, as long as the guys that I'm with are into me, I don't care whether they're heterosexual or bisexual. It's, you know, I'm good with it either way. He likes straight homosexuals. Like he says, he's not into the bisexual guys at all. So I don't know. Okay. So that, yeah, that might make him a little more tricky to find the perfect like, right. person, but exactly, yeah, it's still going to happen someday. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Good. So we'll see. <sighs> wow. How about, I was curious, how have you handled this with your family and outside I guess friends and stuff. Do you, have you talked about it with, especially your kids? You know, they're, I would imagine pretty close to you. It sounds like, so is this something you've talked about and explored or is it something you've kept between you and Mark? Um, after he came out to me, then within a couple of days, he came out to all the kids as well. Like he just, he didn't want that to be a secret, uh, for me to, have to keep from them because yeah, they all, they live pretty close to where I am and oh well they did <laughs> two of them now live a couple of States away. But anyway, um, but yeah, we're, we're pretty close and he didn't want that to be a secret for me to keep on his account. So he told the kids and so they all know, but it's not something that we've really discussed the kids and I, And, uh, they don't necessarily need to know about my sexual activities. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. (laughs) So I think my son lives here with me. So he, I'm pretty sure knows that I see people. I don't think he knows that it's just straight hookups. You know, yeah. <laughs> occasionally I'll tell him that I'm going out and he'll say, Oh, you have a date, you know, and I just play it off and, you know, leave. I don't think they really know. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, it's like you don't really want to talk with your parents about no. their sex life or your sex no. life. Yeah. Like that's, there's some privacy there that's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, maybe that's something that's important to talk about is that, you know, you, you've decided to hang around the marriage, right? So you are fulfilled in a lot of ways, right? Like, I mean, if, if the two of you were to get a divorce, it's not like you have to worry about custody with your children. There's, there's, there's no, like a lot of the major roadblocks that hold families together when they, you know, would otherwise divorce are for the most part, not an issue. So I think it, you know, it's, it sounds like you really are getting your needs met. You, you've got, your best friend and life partner and you're getting the sex you want now. Right. And so it's, it's, it's really exciting to see that. Um, I think one, one thing I was curious about is mm-hmm. there's oftentimes a myth that women aren't in it for just the sex, right? That it's like, well, we want women want relationships and they want longer term things. But for you, mm-hmm. you're like, Hey, yeah, no, just hookups. Maybe, a hookup that happens multiple times. So I get to know him well enough that friends with benefits. Yeah. That, it's, fuck buddies. Yeah, that, that <laughs> yeah. we get to know each other's bodies, but you're not, you're not really looking for anything longer term. I think, I, would you mind talking a little more about like what caused you to come to that realization or why that works? 
best for you? <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, to begin with, in the beginning, it was just, I just wanted to have sex. It had been 10 years. So let's just get out there and have sex. And I enjoyed it. And I was like, there were other guys who wanted to do it. And so let me just see how, let me just get out there and do it. And I did. And I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. And at the same time, I have him that I can go talk to if I need, you know, if I need to talk to somebody. So I have him. I have my kids. I have my grandkids. My parents are still alive. I have a brother and a sister. I have relationships, you know, Mm -hmm. so I don't necessarily need to go through all of the um, emotional effort that it takes to foster new relationship to the point where it becomes something serious. Does that make sense? sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It makes perfect sense. So um, it's just, you know, um, hookups and fuck buddies and friends with benefits. It's just easy. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's awesome. And I think maybe the other piece that would, would be great to hear a little bit about is we, we often get emails from people who say, well, they maybe don't describe your exact situation because it's somewhat unique, but they will say, you know, I'm in a marriage where we're not having sex or I just got a divorce and I'm, you know, 50, 55, you know, obviously it's way too late for me. Right. Right. There I'm it's my time is past. And I think maybe talking a little bit about like your experiences as somebody in your fifties, who is all of a sudden jumped back into the dating or sex game, (laughs) so to speak. And, and what that's looked like. And maybe to help some people that are thinking, yeah, it's way too late for me. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Well, I mean, that, that's definitely something that I thought about too, because when he came out to me, the first, one of the first things I said to him was, why couldn't you have told me this 15 years ago when I was still young enough to be able to attract people, you know? But I just downloaded a couple of dating apps, put myself out there and, you know, I started getting some interest and I don't particularly go for men the same age as me. I kind of like them a little bit younger. So I put that on my dating profile and turns out there are a lot of younger guys who are into older women. So <laughs> it has so worked it works. <laughs> But yeah. yeah. That I mean, the the main thing, because you, you get to this age and you've got so much life experience behind you and you form opinions about yourself that aren't always the most positive. You of know? course. Yeah, we all do that. And by the time you've gotten to your 50s, you tend to have had a lot of years of, of you know, forming these not so positive opinions about yourself. So they're pretty ingrained, which is why I think, which is why so many people, you know, in their fifties who suddenly find themselves single or available, uh, tend to put themselves down or think that they're out of the game or that it's too late for themselves because all of that, all of the negative, uh, opinions about yourself have built up and become so ingrained over all the years. Yeah. But um just get out there and see what's there. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you seen have you seen those 
beliefs that you had about yourself start to melt away as you've done this? Yeah. I mean, I still, I I still think I'm old just because, you know, (laughs) my body feels like it's falling apart sometimes, but, um, I don't look at myself as fat or ugly anymore. I have, I have extra, um, you know, around my body, but that's just because of, uh, I've had so many kids and I'm lazy. I don't exercise or anything. <laughs> and At least you've come to accept that. Yeah. I, yeah. I've just, this is my body. And if, if somebody is not attracted to it, that's fine because I'm not attracted to guys with who guys who are larger. I, I kind of like them trim and, um, in fairly decent shape, you know? So I would not be attracted to somebody like me, but there are people out there who are. So I'm good with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I think I like that's something that, that you know, you, you mentioned when you wrote to us that you listened to Dan Savage. And I think that's something that you hear when you listen to that show, especially is that for just about any type of kink or fetish or person out there, there is somebody who's interested, right? Yeah, and, absolutely. and you found those people who are interested in hooking up with someone who's older than them and has a different body style than them. Right. And, exactly. And that's awesome. <laughs> it works. Yeah. Thinking about, you know, you were in your sexless marriage for a long time and you said you kind of just settled, right? If you, you think of back, in, at that time and somebody else was in that same position, would you have any advice for them of like, yeah. of what to do or how to handle, how to get through that? I mean, like I said, I don't want somebody to just settle because that was years and years and years of, of self hate yeah. that I went through. And I would not want somebody to stay in that kind of situation and not I mean, look outside your marriage if you have to. If there's, if you're not getting it in your marriage, then go find it somewhere else. You know, even Dan Savage says, uh, you know, that there are there are valid reasons for cheating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know where a lot of times where he's coming from on that is if if it's if you're financially beholden to somebody, right, right. or there you you've you've stopped becoming a partner and become maybe like a full-time caregiver and you you that person you don't want to put them in a situation where they have to to fend for themselves right so there's there's a lot of extreme circumstances but i would not encourage anybody to stay to just settle for i mean if you're in your 40s and your partner is not doesn't seem to be interested or seems to be unable to fulfill your needs. I mean, you have to do what you have to do. There's no reason to stay in that kind of situation because your forties is not old. My parents are in their seventies and they don't have sex anymore. I hope. <laughs> no, you don't know that for sure. Do you? <laughs> I, I actually do know that my dad has all that and, and, uh, he's always talking about how it gets in the way he can't have sex anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's not that my point is seventies is old is okay. 
you know, if you're in your seventies and you're not having sex anymore, that's understandable. You've, you've gone through all of, all of your life without, with, you know, but if you're in your forties, you're still young. You know, I'm in, I'm in my fifties now and I don't see myself when my body's hurting. I, I feel old, but other than that, like, I still feel like a, a teenager <laughs> sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. No, that's awesome. And I think it's, it is reassuring for people to hear that just because you turn 50 or, you know, honestly 60 or probably there's people listening who are 70 and are saying, oh, I know. I'm sure. hey, we're still going to town right now. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's awesome to hear that. Um, do you, do you mind maybe just like, cause I'm just curious and nosy okay. <laughs> the like the first date you went on when you, you were like, okay, my husband just told me he's gay. I haven't had sex in 10 years. I'm going to get on this app. And I imagine that was just like a kid in a candy store to some degree. <laughs> but also, I would make me Maybe a intimidating or, too. Yeah, so I guess, what was, that, what was that like? And It was, okay. <laughs> all right. It was kind of hard because, first of all, you have to understand that a little over two years ago, it was two years in August, so probably two and a half years ago now, I was diagnosed with Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is um, a condition that where your immune system attacks your body and it eats away the myelin sheets on your nerve endings and you end up paralyzed. Wow. Oh, wow. So over the course of three days, I went from feeling perfectly fine to not being able to move or use my legs or arms. Wow. And ended up in the hospital for a month. And then when I was released from the hospital and from rehab care, there is treatment for it. So it's, I'm almost a hundred percent recovered now. Oh, that's really (laughs) great. A couple of numb spots on my toes, but that's not, that's all right. Um, But when I was released from the hospital, I, I still wasn't walking yet. And, you know, was having trouble getting around and doing things for myself. And, I needed to be in, I needed to be somewhere where there was someone who could take care of me or help me out if I needed it. And, um, here I lived, I live in, in Louisiana and my kids who lived here, they all work and were not around a lot, you know? Um, so I couldn't go stay with one of them simply because I would have been left alone all day at their houses. So my parents who live in a small town, still in Louisiana, but a little farther away, asked me if I wanted to come stay with them. And they both, they are both retired. And like I said, my dad has an LBAD. So my mom is already a caretaker for him. So I moved in with them. Okay. So then it was a couple of months later. Yeah. So I moved in with them at the beginning of September. And then it was in November that my husband told me, so all of this was just piling on top of <laughs> Yeah, that's, a, that's yeah. a big couple of months. I know. So, But all of that, just to say that at the time that I started looking for, you know, download the dating apps and started looking, I was living with my parents. Okay. <laughs> yeah. so I'm Which is something parents, you don't, you don't you hear know. as much in your people when they get older, right? <laughs> exactly. exactly. So I'm in my parents' house in a small town, the town that I grew up in, okay, and I've got you know, Tinder and all of these people 
that I know are popping up on here. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want y'all to know about this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people that I went to school with, people I graduated with, or my brother graduated with, you can't tell my brother. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it ended up being somebody from a neighboring town, you know, who um, I matched with to begin with. I mean, there were a couple of other matches that, you know, we talked a little bit and then nothing ever happened. But then this one guy, he was really, really nice. The first guy I ever hooked up with, he was really so nice. He, you know, we were texting each other and um, I told him I would be willing to come over to his house. And he said, um, you know, we talked a little bit and then he said, I have to ask, why are you so willing to come to, to my house when you don't even know me. <laughs> and he said, be honest about it. Why are you, you know, why are you willing to do this? You know, like he was looking out for me. Why are you going to go see somebody that you don't even know? And I said, honestly, I haven't had sex in 10 years. And he was like, Oh my God, come over right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my parents are downstairs. And yeah. I don't be here. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah. But he was really, he was really good. He was really nice and sweet. And I, uh, every once in a while, I still hook up with him whenever I pass, when I'm going back to my parents, I always pass through the town that he lives in. And if I'm going through there around the time that he gets off work, I just kind of let him know and stop by and visit for a little bit. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fun connection to have. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Well, I guess it, it also brings up the point of, you know, the safety aspect yeah. of this. I think, you know, when somebody's just jumping back into this, right, you haven't had to think about dating in 30 years, right? right? And and it sounds like this person was looking out for you, but I guess did that kind of maybe trigger some things in you like, oh, I need to I need to be a little more careful about how I go about this or yeah. how have you navigated that? I mean, honestly, I don't, I haven't really had a problem with anybody and I haven't, well, I mean, I always text with people beforehand, you know, just kind of get to know them a little bit and, you know, what do you like? These are the things that I like. and What do you do? And tell me a little bit about yourself. I had one guy started texting me and as soon as I said, tell me a little bit about yourself, he said, no, I'm good. And I never heard from him again. It's like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was an easy uh, red flag for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, so I just kind of look out for some red flags if they if they kind of make me uh, uncomfortable just just from texting. Then I'm probably not going to be any more comfortable meeting them in person. You know, like I said, I'm in the South, and there's the the whole uh, cliche about Southern hospitality, but it's actually <laughs> Uh, it, pretty true because, you know, guys are, men are pretty protective of women in the South. They don't want to let anything happen that, you know, they're not going to, they're going to go out of their way to make sure that you're protected. Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? So, so I feel a little bit more, I feel pretty confident meeting up with guys here. If I were to go somewhere else, I, well, I visited uh, my daughter in Arizona uh, several months ago and had some matches while I was there and never, I didn't, 
I, I didn't go meet up with any of them because I'm so unfamiliar with the area and the, the town, the city that I, I never felt safe because I just didn't know the culture is different. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think I it's know. that you feel a little bit safer cause you're at home, you know, I, Right. You understand the people in your area a little bit better, and yeah. you also probably have lots of people that uh, and friends. I would hope that you could call if you needed to. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, yeah. And um, that's one thing that I do. I have a cousin. He doesn't live here. He actually lives in um, Alabama. But anytime I'm going to go meet somebody new, I always send my cousin a text. He's the only person who actually knows about <laughs> what I'm doing. And I, I just send him a text and say, with a, like a picture of the guy and where I'm meeting him, just because I've, I've watched so many, you know, like uh, IDTV shows that if something actually does happen to me, I want somebody to know where I, wa- where I last was, you know, yeah. or where I was going. Got it. So I'm glad you I, do that because yeah. I think that's an important part. <laughs> right. So, um, but yeah. Let someone know where you're at at all times. <laughs> right. This is where I'm heading right now. If I, if I, if you never hear from me again, please tell the police where I was going. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, that's, that's a good, that's good to hear. And we're, I mean, we're super excited to, I mean, have had the chance to talk and to hear about the story and, you know, I, I think in one sense it would have been awesome to have to have Mark be a part of this to hear right. a little bit of his side, but I also think that there's a lot of value in hearing it just from your perspective as right. the person who kind of went through that, having to, you know, having their partner tell them that they were gay for their entire marriage, right? right. I mean that that's incredible, and I hope that you know he. I, I mean, I don't think either of us think he's a bad person or, no. or they did, you know, he's obviously not. he was a victim of circumstances in a right, lot of exactly. ways. Right, exactly. He was a victim of his upbringing, actually. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I hope that maybe someday we can have him on the show and, yeah. and hear, you know, his perspective on it. And, but I think, you know, maybe are there any final things that you would like to share with people, like leaving it? with, you know, words of wisdom coming from somebody who's gone through what you went through and, and is living life high right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, just hopefully in a much better place. That's right. In like a much that. better place. You don't have to settle. Um, yeah. If you're not getting what you need out of your marriage, don't settle for it. You know, don't stick around in a marriage that, that you don't have to be in. You know, I mean, I did, but it's because it was all I knew. Uh, there was nobody there. <clears throat> there was nobody outside of my marriage telling me, you don't have to do this. You don't have to live this way. You have other options. My kids were, by that time, my kids were in high school. So they were old enough. They, you know, fend for themselves pretty much. Yeah, just don't settle. Right. I'm curious, and I know you probably don't have the ability to tell this type I mean I guess you probably don't have a perfect answer necessarily but do you think if he had told you this 15 years ago you would have stayed together and yeah. continued the path you're on right now probably I think so I, I really do I think it we would probably be in the same situation that we're in right now just we'd st- we would have stayed married 
and, um, you know, gotten, had fun outside of the marriage, but there would have been more, <laughs> well, here we go back to being old again. There would have been more of a chance of one of us, one or, or both of us finding someone else that we would, uh, fit better with outside, yeah. uh, of each other. And it sounds like you're both still open to that. If it happens in the future, if it happens, have the yeah. conversation. Absolutely. If it happens, we'll revisit the conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, if, if he had told me, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, there would have been, there probably would have been more of a chance of that happening than there is now. I think we're both old and settled and don't, just don't really want to expend the energy that it takes to start and, um, foster a new relationship <laughs> yeah completely makes sense yeah I can't blame you one bit so <laughs> i not always knew that i mean i say i kind of always knew i kind of always suspected that he might be gay from the and time that was I, another yeah. question i meant to ask you earlier too is did you have any ideas like or at all you know, we, over those years we went to high school together and when we were in high school uh i i went to the same school k through 12 i grew up in this town and i knew all the people that i was in school with he moved there when we were in 10th grade and so he was the new kid at school and a lot of uh a lot of the other this is back in the 80s now okay there was not as much political correctness around homosexuality as there is now. It was not as uh, widely accepted as it is now. It was looked down upon a lot. So I, I never saw it. I never understood what other people were talking about, but a lot of the other kids in the school were calling him names and, you know, calling him faggot and saying that he was gay. And I was like, I don't know what y'all are talking about because uh, he and I were already hooking up, <laughs> you know, so he's not gay y'all. Well, he and I, you know, dated for a while. And at one point he told me a story about, uh, being on a camping trip with some buddies and that he, uh, one of his, he did something with one of his friends and now he's worried that he's gay. And I was like, well, are you still attracted to me? And he said, yes, I'm, absolutely I'm attracted to you. And I said, then you're not gay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but that was the, I mean, I was 16 at the time, you that know, was how you were right. raised. Yeah. And that was my understanding. And this is back in the eighties. And, you know, that was just the way that I saw things. It was either you are, or you are not, there was no in between. And then, you know, we broke up, we got back together, we broke up, we got married. <laughs> and he had always said that when he was in, he'd always told me this story about when he was in junior high, he had this gold chain. Like I said, in the 80s, you know, men would wear these gold chains and his mother grabbed it off of his, grabbed it and just like yanked it off of his neck and told him to stop being such a queer. Oh, man. He was raised in an extremely religious, conservative household. His uh, sister is married to a pastor. His uh, other sister and brother-in-law run a church camp. And, you know, so just extremely religious, extremely conservative. And 
it would never have been comfortable for him in any way whatsoever to come out to his family. Right. And he still hasn't. And I, and I, I don't think he ever will. Um, he loves his family. He loves his brothers and sisters, but they are all very close minded. Right. Um, my family is a little bit more open, but still very conservative, you know, very. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's. So it sounds like, well, you already, you kind of had a suspicion, especially now, probably looking back at it. Looking back, I can see a lot of things that took place over the years that I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. (laughs) I understand. He was in the military. And so we traveled for, you know, we moved from place to place. And anytime we would move somewhere, he made friends really uh, easily. And he would, he made deep friendships easily, you know, and uh, I'm not like that. I mean, I, I can make new friends, but it takes a while. You know, I'm not as outgoing as, you know, a lot of people are. He just, it seemed like he would make really intense friendships with some of the people that he was friends with. And looking back on it now, I realized that he was actually attracted to these men that he was making friends with. And he, in it, to him, you know, it was, it was, he was feeling new relationship energy just because I, I mean, you could feel NRE for friendships as well as you know, yeah. romantic mm-hmm. relationships, but to him, it was a romantic thing when he would make friends with these people, even though it wasn't romantic for the other guy, it was a crush. He, he, he had yeah. crushes on these other guys. And so that those crushes would become really deep friendships to him, you know, if I knew then what I know now, <laughs> you know, then I would have understood it a lot better. But, you know, life happens. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I think, I mean, obviously, I would say it's not an ideal situation. But I think that really, you know, what he had to go through and having gone through it with you is probably one of the better ways he could have had to go through that. Right. Like you, you've been so accepting and so open-minded and open-hearted about the whole thing that obviously you wouldn't wish it on anybody that has to go through this for, I guess for either of you, but that you got to go through it together and that you are going through it together. It's, I think it's amazing. Yeah. 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 I think it's, it's sad, right, that you both had to go through the many years of what right. you've had to go to through, but it's great that you're in a, the place you are now. And yeah. together. Yeah. And together. And, and happy together. together. Yeah. I mean, we both of us feel bad for the other one because I feel terrible that he had to keep all of this inside for all these years. And he feels bad that he put me through all those years of <laughs> yeah. you know, feeling bad about myself. So, yeah. but. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it sounds like you've both gotten to a place of forgiving the other one too and absolutely figuring yeah, how to move forward. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, well, thank I mean, thank you again Denise for sharing and and Mark if you're listening, thank you for <laughs> Yes. <laughs> for letting, you know, Denise come on and share a little bit of your half of the story and we appreciate it and um yeah, just thank you both for everything and Hopefully this finds people that 
it can help in yeah, in some so. way. And yeah, we just wanted to say thank you and and to have a wonderful day. And yeah, thanks. It was so nice seeing both of you, meeting you. Yeah, it was awesome. So thank you again, and and have a wonderful day. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. And we're back. Thank you to Denise and Mark for sharing your wonderful story. Um, I know that it was not an easy one. So we really appreciate you reaching out and coming on and sharing your story with a lot of people, all the listeners. Yep, absolutely. And again, yeah, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This coming Friday, we have our episode nine of Focus Fridays, nine of 10, I guess. So second to last. It's 90% approximately. Yeah, sure. Uh, This one is going to be with Libby Simbach, and we talk about transitioning relationships. Also known as breaking up. Yeah, exactly. But we try to put a a sugar coating in it. It's a great episode, and we're excited to get this one out there. So come back on Friday and check it out. And then next Wednesday will be your regular your regularly scheduled program. Uh, This time we're talking with Dana and Peter. Yes, we are. And again, we're excited about that. And we're excited to bring you uh, a little bit about Libby on Friday. And also check out her new podcast, uh, Making Polyamory Work. Yes. It's awesome. And she's been rocking it. So check that out. In the meantime, we will see you guys in a week. Stay healthy and stay safe out there. Yes, please. And stay home, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Stay home. Listen to podcasts. Yeah, catch up on all our podcasts. With your kids. (laughs) Just put headphones in. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening.